It is Thursday, December 10th. I am Trent Reinsmith, and this is another edition of the Daily Come On Now MMA podcast. And here are the topics for today. I explain why I feel that fighters like Jack Hermanson are on the potentially on the chopping block from the UFC and why the MMA fans, media, and, and the UFC need to stop thinking that fighters are paid just for fight night. And the big question heading into UFC 256, what fighters could be on the chopping block and who, what fighters could end up in that 60 fight fighter uh, roster purge that Dana White spoke about. And now, on with the show. So, I recently said that um, fighters like Jack Hermanson and other fighters who are coming off losses and not really have a that don't really have a path towards a title fight title shot are going to have to worry about their future in the UFC with this roster purge and I stand by that um, because I think that's a realistic thing the UFC is at least going to consider and it's something if I was looking at the UFC roster strictly in a business sense I would consider that I would take someone like Jack Hermanson who is probably getting paid a lot or a in the eyes of the UFC a lot and say, all right, this guy has gotten close to being at the top of the, of the rankings in his division twice and twice he failed to take the next step up, which means the third time is going to be a longer road to the top. He's not going to get favor, uh, favored bookings anymore. He's kind of fallen back to the, to near the bottom of the top 15. And understandably that's, you know, that's not a fault of the rankings of the UFC. This is just looking at things in a cold, you know, factual business kind of way. And so his road is going to be more difficult to get to the top, which means if he wins, which he very well likely would, to get back up there, no matter how long it takes, his pay is going to be increased each step of the way. And then does he even ever get to a title shot? And... I think the answer to it, if he gets to a title shot is probably no because he's been close twice and failed. And so I think that's the, something the UFC is going to look at and say, all right, he's probably too high paid and not going to get a shot at, shot at the title. So he would be under consideration for release. That's what I'm saying with this. Not that he should be or I, I think he should be. Looking at this in this business sense, I think the UFC would consider that. And so when I I brought this up, someone brought up the fact that these guys are well paid for 15 minutes or 25 minutes of work. And we really need to get to lose that kind of argument and that kind of thinking too. Fans can't think that way. Uh, Media, I don't think, thinks that way. And the UFC cannot think that way either. Because the 15 minutes or 25 minutes or however long it takes in the fight, is not what these fighters are paid for. That's the reward for the work, for the time that's put in to get to the cage. And I think that was something that Chuck Liddell said in the past. He said, the pay is for the preparation and the time and and the practicing and the cutting weight and the learning techniques and the drill and everything that goes on outside of the cage. Fight, that's the reward. That's what you work for. And so the thinking that the pay is just for that fight is dumb. That's like thinking an NFL player 
or a baseball player is only paid for the game that they're they're not spending any other time preparing for preparing for the game or the event and we know that that's not true we know that being an athlete a professional athlete is a 24/7 365 day a year job it might not have been when the UFC started it wasn't when the early days of you know the pro leagues it wasn't the pay didn't didn't reflect that changed over the years mostly thanks to union and and unions and collective bargaining with other sports that's what allowed the athletes to get year round a pay that would support them year round so they wouldn't have to work jobs in the off season but that's a discussion for another time it's just something to you know plan to see that that was what changed a lot of sports pay was unionization and and collective bargaining so you see fighters take that for what it's worth but a fighter like say John Jones or Daniel Cormier was they were paid well but they were paid because they were champions and they were paid because they were professional athletes that spent all year training to get ready for a fight maybe they weren't training for a specific fight maybe there was lighter training days during that and but it was still a year round job and a fighter who is trying to get in the UFC and work their way up the UFC is in the same kind of boat but they usually have to have a full-time job or a part-time job to support that. Their UFC pay, UFC pay of twelve thousand dollars is is not it does not afford them the ability to be professional athletes. It affords them the ability to to be very part-time professional athletes. Um, so the pay is not for, like I, like I've been stressing here. The pay is not for the fight. The pay is for the preparation. And if the pay doesn't afford full preparation, well, then you're not really a professional athlete. You're a part-time professional athlete. Thinking that that pay is so is is good for 15 minutes of work is a, a bad argument. It's a bad faith argument. Most of these fighters train two times a day, um, hours a day when they're not prepping for a fight. For fight prep, they could go up to three times a day. And yeah, there's off days, but still, that is a full-time job. And where's the money come from a full-time job? It comes from the fight. And so the fight pays for the full-time training. So let's, let's scrap this thinking that fighters are paid well for the amount of time they fight. They're, they're, they're paid, maybe paid well for the amount of time they fight, but they do, that money is not for the fight. It's for everything else. And let's not forget that what comes out of that, that, money as well as gym fees, food, training, coach, manager, medicals. If you get hurt, you got to sock some money away if you can for insurance because the UFC doesn't pay insurance. They only pay for injuries during fight camps. And if you have a family, you're doubly screwed then because if you're the breadwinner for the family, that's a, a whole nother ballgame and very stressful. So break that thinking. Look at it as a job. It's a full-time job. And the money you make for the fight is what is paying you for the year or for six months or three months. It's not just 15 minutes of work. It's the hours and hours and hours that went into that 15 minutes. That's what the pay is for. Let's stop this thinking that you can break $100,000 into 15 minutes and then look at a UFC fighter pay and be all impressed. Not the case. Stop thinking like that. Don't let the UFC allow you to think like that either because it's wrong and it keeps fighter pay low, which is what everyone but 
I mean, which is what everyone associated with the UFC wants. Stop thinking like that. Uh, speaking of the, the roster purge that Dana White has mentioned and the potential for 60 fighters to be leaving the UFC. So what I'm going to try and do here going into fight cards, I'm going to try and have a big question kind of thing for each fight card. Maybe it'll be covering one fight. Maybe t like today it's going to be covering several fights and several fighters. But there's going to be a big question, if at, if at all possible, for every UFC fight card. And we'll see how that works out. But that's my intention, seeing as um, this is not something I make money from. That might fall by the wayside, but a way for me to make money on this is for you to support it by subscribing to it and watching it and um, closing in on the number of uh, subscribers I need to monetize, but still far away for the hours. So any way you can support it just by watching and subscribing, that would be great. But anyway, on to the big question for UFC 256. And the big question for UFC 256 is who would the UFC or who could be left on the chopping block because of this uh, upcoming purge of UFC fighters that Dana White has spoken about. And here is the, the uh, there's a high number of fighters and they're recognizable names. And here's who I think is going to or might be on that chopping block. And I, and I should preface this by saying I do not like doing these these kind of stories because it seems like I'm criticizing the fighters and kind of pushing them down and, and punching down. I am not. That's not the intention here. The intent is to look at this as the UFC would look at it, not as I would look at it. So let's, let's focus on that to start. This is a, a business kind of thing. This is how a business would look at the fighters. I'm going to mention, and I'm going to give you why the business would look at them this way. This is not me looking at that because I don't really want to be involved with saying this fighter is going to get cut because I, I don't like how that sounds and I, I, it's just not something I'm comfortable with. Anyway, so here is who I think would be, um, is going to be looked at by the UFC heading into Saturday's UFC 256 fight card. And the top of the one is, is Tony Ferguson. And that might sound odd since he just lost and had been on a 12 fight winning streak, but hear me out. He's, almost 37, his fighting style, which is exciting and violent and and bloody and everything that the UFC usually looks for, could be catching up with him, especially after that Gaethje fight. That was the kind of fight where you you wonder if the fighter is going to be the same afterward. It was kind of like that the, the Robbie Lawler-Roy um, McDonald fights where you look at, especially McDonald in those fights, and, and, and say... This guy might not be, might not be the same after the, the those fights, and that's the kind of thing that I think people are looking at as far as Ferguson. That 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 might that that fight might have been the turning point in the in the career of Tony Ferguson, um, not just with a loss, but in a in a physical sense as well. Uh, pay wise, the his most recent reported pay was one hundred fifty five thousand in twenty eighteen. Not crazy for a fighter of uh ferguson's caliber and this again is the way the ufc think i i would say he's remarkably underpaid for what he delivers every time he fights um so i what i think what's going to really play into ferguson's future is how he looks after the gaethje fight win or lose but especially if he loses if he loses to Oliveira, 
and looks like he's taken a really hard downward turn. I think his likelihood of being released increases exponentially. If he wins, I think he stays, or I don't know how many fights are left on his contract. Um, but if he's, if he's down to his last fight, just say he's down to his last fight, he might have to take a cut and pay just because of his age and the worry of the, the long-term effects from the Gaethje fight. So Ferguson would be the first person working down through the card that I would say should will be under the microscope from the UFC brass. The next one is, is Jacare Souza for sure. So Souza is 42 soon, soon to be 42 in December. Um, if he loses, he's going to be 1-4 in four since 2018. So in the same kind of boat as Joel Romero, but Romero had um, three title fights in those four losses, I believe. So different, different, different kind of thing for Souza, who was in like a Hermanson kind of boat, close to be always close to getting a title shot, but never getting it. So again, that's a knock now, especially if he loses uh, to, to Kevin Holland, which a young up and comer could really hurt him. Um, pay wise, the last uh, last thing uh, we haven't disclosed is two hundred ten. Which, for a fighter who is not a champion, the UFC is going to look at that as a high payout and consider that it might be too high. And he's 5-5 five and five in his last 10 fights, and that dates back to 2015. So Jacare Souza is definitely someone the UFC is going to be looking at as far as the results of this, of this fight. Um, Hanato Moicano, if he loses, he w- would put him at 1-3 in his last four. Um, his pay is not really an issue. His age of 31 is not really an issue. What could be an issue with Moicano if he loses is that um, he might be replaceable in the lightweight division if uh, by a tw- by someone who's making 12 and 12. Doesn't really have a lot of name recognition. Not making a ton of money, but would probably be a fighter who is replaceable in the eyes of the UFC, especially since they're not going back to... Uh, anywhere outside of the U.S. So, Moicano is a concern. Not as much of a concern as this next fighter, who Junior Dos Santos, former UFC heavyweight champ. Uh, he is on a three-fight losing skid. He's lost all three of those fights by knockout. Um, he's 36, and eight fights ago, his which was his most recent disclosed pay, he made $400,000. So, if I was a betting man... At the at the top of the list with losses, I would say would be uh, JDS and Souza would be at the top of the, that list of the of the folks I have discussed so far. Um, last fighter I have on the list is Tisha Torres. She's if she she's one and four in her last uh, five, and another another and she's coming off the only victory in that in that run. So another loss would be devastating for her. She's 31. Her pay is relatively low at, at um, 36 grand. That was two fights ago. But again, um, kind of like Moicano, but I think even more so, Torres would be someone who the UFC would see as uh, replaceable for someone on a much lower priced deal. So that's who I have for the, uh, the big question heading into UFC 256. It is what happens to those fighters I just mentioned if they lose and my feeling is that outside of Ferguson, I think any of the others lose, and maybe Moicano, any other others lose, and in, in, I think they would be better than 50-50 of getting released. 
Ferguson, I would put at, depending on how he looks, he would probably be at 25% or mean 25 to 30. I'm sorry, 25 to 50% of being released. Um, and Moicano would probably be a little under 50-50 just because he's not in a, in a terrible skid. So that's what I think about the uh, big question heading into UFC 256. And the other big question heading into UFC 256 is, who's going to test positive between now and fight night? Because I'm going to put it better than a 50-50 chance that one fight is going to fall off here um, between now, between the weigh-in and fight night. Um, just just uh, looking at the odds of how things have worked out as of late as far as COVID-19 testing goes. So we shall see. Um, but I think that at, at, the, at least a couple of the fighters on the roster purge are going to come from this card unless the uh, all of the aforementioned win and i don't think that's going to happen but we'll see what happens and uh we'll, we'll go from there i might have something tomorrow because i saw there's a dana white interview floating around that i need to go through and i will do that tomorrow and maybe i'll have that to discuss and if he offers up any takes on the antitrust suit i will have that to discuss as well or you know any of the uh number of questions that usually don't get asked by the media but someone could come through we'll see uh, until next time everyone stay safe